our Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Omaha. Today is November 30th, 2021. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 at 9 a.m. Excuse me, new time, 9 a.m. Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And on Thursdays, Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. I hope and I pray, earnestly, I really pray that you also believe the Word of God. That you are faithful that you're bold as you are with any and everything else, and that you know and exercise the best in the face of opposition, and that is obedience, complete obedience to the Word of God. You know, when we talk about obedience to the Word of God, it supersedes your feelings. We have a tendency to get caught up in our feelings, and at that point, we'll tell God to shut up tell the pastor to shut up, you're wrong for telling me to, to do what's right. We'll tell others to back off. When we get caught up in our feelings, we just go ballistic. Well, that has something to say with if we really believe the best way in facing opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Because in our obedience, we might be feeling a certain way. But that's where Jeremiah gave vent to the word of God and said it was hot. It was like fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't withstand, I couldn't resist. I couldn't hold back. It was a flame in me and I had to yield myself to the will of God. Are you yielding yourself to the will of God? In the way of announcements, uh, we have a Power Pack Sunday in store for December if we'll be teaching at 9 a.m., certainly continuing the teaching on Revelation as we are getting a, a clear understanding of what the Word of God is saying. The Bible tells us in all our getting, get an understanding. And so you should be reading Revelation as well. You should be reading the book of Revelation uh, as well. And then at 12.30, we have Pastor Elizabeth Griffin which is going to be breaking the bread of life at that time. And then we have a 4 p.m. service. So there's going to be three services on Sunday. Uh, Pastor uh, Michelle Millender will be breaking the word on 4 p.m. Uh, and so, of course, we'll go through the service. Of course, we're going to worship and praise God and to exalt him. He's to be exalted above everything, above everybody. Uh-huh. Of everything, everyone, no one, I don't care what title they have, did not die for you. Mm -hmm. The Bible says scarcely would a, a righteous man lay down his life for anybody. Jesus laid down his life for us, who were all enemies of God, all sinners, all offensive to him, doing things contaminated by sin and rolling all up in it and enjoying it. Mm -hmm until one day we came into the realization of the truth and where it was actually leading us. And so the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. I want to 
remind you that on the first Sunday is fasting. You ought to consecrate your house on that day. You as an individual, your home, your children, you know, consecrate, fast. Midnight, that set from midnight to 3 p.m. asking everyone to fast. Put your fast on. Seek the Lord. On the second Saturday is sword. That is Saturday outreach, sword, S-O-R. And so we want to be mindful of those things. And so we're going to go into the word of God. I just want to play a little bit of, of this song before we do that. And, you know, um, I don't know how your day has been. I don't know what's going on in with you individually. You know, I do know some things that are going on. But, but you know, uh, one thing about no, no matter what, no matter what is happening, no matter what is going on, I want you to know and understand. I want you to remember that there is a name above every name. And the Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess.
something and so I'm, I'm doing my walk you know and while I was there I, I saw something called true crimes I had never 
watched this before. And they were talking about a cult. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were talking about a cult. And, and so before I go any further, let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God, for what you've done for us. Lord God, we thank you for what you're going to do. How you want to do it, Lord God, you know. Only you know. Lord, we bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for picking us up, turning us around, stabilizing our mind when we were going astray and doing all type of foolish things, caught up in all type of shenanigans. Lord God, you sent your goodness and it led us to repentance. Lord God, thank you for blessing us to hear. Thank you for blessing us to see and to understand. Lord God, we pray and ask that you bless our brothers and sisters that are listening near and far. Lord God, remember those that are faithful. Lord God, those that are supporting ministry, ask that you bless them not to feel the loss. Lord God, you know situations that have risen up. Lord God, those things that seem impossible to us, but there's nothing impossible for you. Lord God, we thank you. We give you glory and honor. We're going to continue to give you praise in Jesus' name. True crimes. I have a note here in front of me because I really wanted to remind and just touch on this a little bit, you know. And so they were talking about the children of God, which was a cult. And this cult uh, obviously have done some things, some damage uh, to themselves. You know, let me tell you, the, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violence is going to take it by force. God is not losing. The enemy might think he's doing damage to, to the king, but he's not. He's only damaging himself. And so with this, uh, this children of God, as they were talking about it, where people were led astray, and this is nothing new, uh, to be led astray by someone that seems to be right. And uh, the reason I mention it, because I want to emphasize this really strongly. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. That's really what I mentioned that to, to really emphasize the fact that you need to read your Bible and you need to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Don't just sit and listen. Ask questions. You need clarity. Anything that's contrary to the word of God is out of order and you don't have to follow that. You better not follow it. You would, if you have any common sense, don't follow it. Okay follow me as I follow Christ but if I'm not following Christ don't follow me and that goes for any preacher anybody they're not following Jesus Christ they're manipulating the word of God taking from it adding to it having you do crazy stuff you need to run for your life people have lost their lives people have gone over to, to other countries and committed suicide people have done not just over another country but locally and you know that's not God's will. He said, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. And so uh, I'm just putting that warning out there to get in the word of God. If you haven't opened your Bible up, then sit down and open your Bible up. Read to your children. Read out loud to yourself. Uh, get acquainted, get reacquainted with the word of God. The Bible tells us that, you know, as I said, this is not something new in the book of Acts. They thought Paul was that person, that, that, that Egyptian that led people, 4,000 men out into the desert to, to perish. 
and not only that, but John asked the question to Jesus. He said to his disciples, are you the one that we're suspecting? You need to ask questions. This is about your soul's salvation. And you only have one life to live. Therefore, you only have one life to give. And so we want to, I want to encourage you to stay in the word of God. And so we're in the book of Daniel tonight. I don't know if I, how much I'll get through tonight, but listen. I took a topic from it scripture that we're going into and that is uh daniel the fourth chapter verse uh beginning at the 18th verse and so uh oh king the inevitable now i want you to place your name there uh, instead of saying oh king the inevitable put your name there oh whatever your name is it's a, it's a blank space put your name there because there are the there is the inevitable that's going to occur in your life the word inevitable, as you know it, is uh, means that it's certainly going to happen. There are some things that's going to happen. It is unavoidable. However, some things are, uh, you can dictate the outcome of it. There are things that's going to happen, and you can have a say-so to the outcome, depending on what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, help, work, counseling, self uh, initiative, effort, humility, a willingness to be obedient, just to name a few, will dictate the outcome of what happens in the situation, whether it's at work, in a relationship, your relationship with God, your relationship with her, him, uh, what you do, what you do. It's what you do. It's not what they do. You, you can't make anybody do anything. I can't make you do anything. I can advise you what you should be doing. And I can even tell you from time at times what the outcome of what you're doing will be. That's only when God gives that to me. I had a vision about someone uh, in their workplace and what was going on. They were supposed to walk away with a five-figure uh, check, but uh, because they didn't believe it, they, they fulfilled everything else except the one part, and they didn't miss out on the money. Of fearing men rather than believing God. I saw someone, um, you know, situation that was occurring in someone's life. You have to believe what God is saying. And so that is all based upon you. Uh, and so you can't make nobody do anything. If I could have made the individuals, made that person uh, believe what I'm saying, I would have. But it was based upon them and their belief in God. Without the above, all relationships, including your soul's salvation, becomes a troubled journey. And let me tell you, if your salvation is a troubled journey, I'm not talking about you living right, because the Bible says that if you live right, if you live holy, if you live a saint, you're going to suffer persecution. I'm not talking about that. You already know you're going to deal with some things. And so I'm talking about the troubled journey that we have because we resist the spirit of God. We resist being obedient to what God is saying. The inevitable is something you can have some a measure of control in. As we read through the book of Jeremiah, and I, I hope you're reading Jeremiah, all those that are reading Jeremiah, put your hand up. Thank you. I see. Yes. Thank you. You're reading Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. The people face the situation. 
behavior, consequence, consequence, behavior, behavior, consequence, consequence, behavior. The inevitable took place. The very thing that uh, God said would happen because of their behavior came about. There uh, was a choice. There was a choice that we made. But they prefer to do their heart's desire. Now, when we get caught up in our feelings, then we want to do our heart's desire. Well, my heart is hurting because, you know, um, because of whatever, because of him, because of her, because of them, because of it, because of that, because of what I heard, because of what I didn't hear, because of what I saw, because of what I didn't see, because I, because of what I've imagined in my mind. And so, therefore, I'm acting upon it. Now, the habit that we have becomes a character, and that character becomes a destiny. Even in this, on this 30th day of November 2021, AD people are following the same path. The spirit of compromise is dictating the lives of those that once said, I believe, I will not, and now they are. God understands, this is what they're saying. <coughs> Excuse me. God understands, and he wants everyone to be happy regardless. If the act of their happiness violates the word of God and the infrastructure of his kingdom. <coughs> Pray for me. I'm, nope, I'm not dealing with anything major. I've had a slight cough after the Santa Ana winds was blowing here in Southern California. It's a dry cough. And so, but other than that, you know, cough takes a moment to leave the system. But other than that, I am good. Listen. Psalms 138 and 1-2 says, I will Praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. So the word of God is above his name. The children of Israel compromised their relationship and created a destiny that would be unbearable. When we don't believe the word of God, when we don't obey the word of God, when we do things the way we want to do it, how we want to do it, you know, and, and we make up all type of cliches and go along with the cliches that people are made up. And there's so much in my heart that I want to spew out, but uh, this isn't the moment. And, and so uh, we create a destiny that becomes unbearable. Instead of repeat, instead of a repeated, the repeated victories that Israel could have uh, displayed and shown to those other nations around them, uh, which would have influenced them, they were influenced and they suffered long periods of defeat and captivity. And that's where we are. That's where Daniel is. <clears throat> Daniel 4, beginning at the 18th verse says, this dream, remember King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, uh, not just one, but several dreams. Uh, this dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen 
Now thou, O Belshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof. For as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able. For the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar believed in multiple gods. Israel had a monotheistic God. They believed in one God. The thing that got them in trouble is that they wanted to be like other nations. They wanted a king over them when they had the king of kings. They wanted a king that could not split the Red Sea, a king that could not drown Pharaoh and his army, a king that could not set them free. They wanted to be like other nations, as they plainly said. Not only did they want to be like other nations, but they set up hidden places and groves and different areas where they were worshiping other images. I'm not going to refer to them as gods, but images that they created with their own hands, a pile of dirt, a bunch of rocks, a uh, 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 ceramic, wood, whatever they used to make it out of, you know, whether it was a painting or some sort. And so uh, they wanted to be like other nations. And so, again, Daniel takes a, another cutting punch at the wise men and magicians and soothsayers and astrologers and Chaldeans. The Bible tells us that in the ninth, excuse me, in the second chapter, where Daniel uh, uh, answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king, but there is a God in heaven. There is a God, singular, in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. <clears throat> then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, the name that the Chaldeans had given him, uh, was astonished for one hour. Now when Daniel saw what the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had seen because God had blessed him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with ability that was found more favorable than all the wise people, all the that included their own brothers and sisters that was in captivity. God blessed them. Some, God knows how to elevate and raise up those that that yield themselves. You could be sitting right in the congregation and God raised you up because you're yielding yourself where others will not. Remember that uh, Daniel said, uh, we're not going to take up the king's meat. We're going to consecrate. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna set ourselves aside unto the Lord. And, and that's what those brothers did. You got to be hang out with some folks that's on the same mindset as you. And these brothers was elevated by God. And they weren't looking for no wealth. They weren't looking for anything. They were looking to glorify God. They knew the situation that they was in. And so Daniel was blessed. God said, the Bible said that God gave him the ability to, uh, to, to answer dreams and visions, to understand them. Then Daniel, whose name was Balthazar, was astonished for one hour. So the dream that and what Nebuchadnezzar saw troubled, it, he was, Daniel was troubled for an hour and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said to Balthazar, let not the dream nor the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thy enemies. The thing Daniel saw troubled him so much it left him speechless as, as it has done so many of us. 
Sometimes God shows us things. He uh, reveals something to us. Uh, preachers, ministers, those of you that are, are involved in, and you ever preach the, the word of God and you, you've studied and God have come through and, and then start pouring something into your spirit that, uh, that, that is validated by the word of God. Let me say that up front because God don't give us a rhema word and it can't be found in the scripture. And as you begin to think about it, you, you get so excited and then it, it becomes a humbling where you just don't know what to do and you feel so unworthy uh, because God poured such an awesome revelation, a piece of knowledge into you that you had not even studied, seen before, or maybe read it, didn't understand it, but then all of a sudden God revealed it to you. It was mind-blowing. It left you speechless like that, speechless. It's hard to ingest at least it is for me, to ingest those uh, individuals that claim a, a mind-blowing experience that are, uh, but there's no humility that accompanies it. There's no astonishment. There's no awe. Not to mention the unworthiness that it leaves us face down at the altar even crying out to God and sometimes in fear because God stepped so close to you and that in his in the knowledge that he imparts or uh, from a personal experience and you know that you're crying out look don't don't touch me lord uh, this is too much this is enough you know but then there are those that i've heard say they they had experience with god and they even felt the face of god and you know and i'm i just really have a problem with that the impact of the vision was so great Daniel's facial expression had Nebuchadnezzar trying to comfort him. Daniel could see and understand how, uh, how the Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon's enemies, would take advantage of the situation that Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed of. Nebuchadnezzar had no idea. Now, Monday morning quarterbacking, that's what I'm doing right now, Monday morning quarterbacking, this would only be possible if God allowed it for his enemies to take advantage of Babylon. Only if God allowed it. Daniel at that moment uh, was seeing and feeling the pressure of the inevitable occurring. Uh, Daniel didn't say nothing about only if God allowed it. He said your enemies and every, those that hate you would take advantage of this. Well, the Bible says the tree that thou sawest, because he saw a tree that has sprung forth and everybody was benefiting from it, which grew and was strong, whose height reached into the heavens and the sight thereof and all the earth whose leaves were fair and the fruit thereof much and it and in it was meat for all under which the beast of the field dwelt and upon all upon those branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation now the lord prophesied and uh, excuse me he told jeremiah it wasn't a prophecy he told jeremiah that 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 babylon the king of babylon would be in a situation where he where he fed the world, where everyone looked up to him. That's how powerful the, the nation of Babylon was. And it is thou, O king, that thou art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown and reached it up to the heavens, and thy dominion uh, to the earth. Now, the impact of what was occurring with Nebuchadnezzar uh, had an impact. It was vertical. And it was horizontal. What do you do 
You know, I remember growing up and I used to hear some of the saints sing a song that only what you do for Christ will last. Well, Nebuchadnezzar was a servant of the Lord. Uh, the Lord called him his servant. Yes, he did. God could use whomever he wanted to use for whatever purpose he wants to use them for. And when God uses someone, it is not sin. It is not going to be, well, he used her. No, it is, he used him. No, it's not sinful. He used them to chastise the children of Israel because of their sin. The 23rd verse says, and whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, hew down, hew the tree down and destroy it. Yet leave the stump of the root thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field and let it be wet from the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beast of the fields till seven times pass over him. Now the king saw the watcher. He saw. He was aware that someone was observing him attentively, regularly, keeping tabs on him. He saw the watcher. I believe all of us have eyes on us. Mm -hmm. There's eyes on you. There's eyes on me. Uh, the 34th chapter of Psalm says, the angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him and delivered. So if there's any fear, you fear God, you serve him, the angels of the Lord are with you. And then they have a mission and that is to serve the deliverer, you. Jeremiah 16 and 17 says, for my eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from my eyes. Sometimes we think we're able to hide things, and but we need to know we're not. We're not hiding anything. Uh, God is able to, and does reveal secrets through children. He revealed things through, uh, through just the passing by or bumping into someone, you know, in a in a place that, that they probably shouldn't shouldn't be, uh, or where they said they was going to be somewhere else, and then you bump. Listen, some time ago I was told that that you, you need to be careful. I was, uh, uh, someone in authority was talking to me. Uh, it was uh, a sergeant with the uh, LA County Sheriff Department. He said, listen, man, he said, let me tell you something. He said, no matter where you are, if you are in the desert of Death Valley, you know, those that know what Death Valley is, um, he said, there are a pair of eyes underneath that rock. There's a pair of eyes underneath that rock. So you need to make sure that you're always conscious of what you're doing. Now, whether the Lord, his angels, those you see daily that stand in, in with you, uh, you, listen, the presence of the Lord is there. God's presence is everywhere. He embodies. And so uh, this is the interpretation of King. And this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my king, my Lord, the king, that they should drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall uh, wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee till thou know that the Most High ruleth. Nebuchadnezzar, there's a lesson that you need to learn. There's a lesson that some of us, if we haven't already learned it, there's a lesson you need to learn. 
most high ruleth in the kingdom of man and giveth to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stuff of the tree root, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee. So the enemy is not going to come and take the kingdom. This is what Daniel is telling them. Even though Daniel thought about when he first saw the vision, that was his fear. But he's letting them know no one's going to come and, and take the kingdom. No one's going to run off with what God has given you. And after that, thou shalt have, have known that the heavens do rule. When you realize, wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Mighty God, bless your Lord. Let me back up here for a moment. You need to know the heavens do rule. You need to know. There's somebody right now that don't. I think you, you got any control. And I, I'm talking to church folks. I'm not talking to, to people that don't. I'm talking to you that know. You that know. God is in control. You know, we say, God is in control. I think y'all know that song. Some of y'all know that song. God rules, but we don't treat him and we don't talk to him as if he does. We don't entreat him. Well, God, since he rules, then how come I'm not entreating him that rules? Why am I taking matters into my own hands? Why am I getting bent all out of shape when I don't have to, when I can go to the one that rules? I've had to do it. I was getting, I was about to fight, I was fight, I was bending. Oh man, and I mean, I was going Gumby. You know, you, a little green slab of clay, you know, being stretched all over the place. I was just because I was really not handling the situation well until I came to myself and said, wait a minute, God, you gave me. Lord, you rule this. It don't matter what other people say. I need to make sure that I do what I'm supposed to do. And remember that you're in charge. And then everything came back in line. When I, I'm talking about all my senses. I'm talking about me lining up with the word of God and with faith and with a, and, and complete remembering who has the rule. Not man, but God does. He has it in control. The heavens do rule and God rules the heavens. So we should all remember that. No matter what the situation is, we need to remember that and hold on to it and act upon it. Because see, we can remember it, but are we acting upon it? I think that, that we need to repent of that non-action, believing without works, believing faith without works is dead. Well, I got faith in God, but you ain't acting upon it. You're not working it. You're not working in that area of faith. You still caught up in your feelings. Let's get out of feelings. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins by righteousness. Listen to what Daniel is telling King Nebuchadnezzar. Man, get it together. And thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. So you haven't been as merciful as you thought you have. Be merciful, be, show mercy to the poor. If it may be lengthening of thy tranquility, listen, what you do is going to matter tomorrow. What you do right now is going to matter from this moment going forward. And all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. So he did not listen. Somebody tonight is hearing what I'm saying. But will you actually listen to what has been said? Will you actually uh, bow down and worship him? Not just for the moment, but I mean when things, 
you know, it, it matters when things are going good. You know, oh, I'm, I'm worshiping, I'm praising God, hand clapping, foot stomping, tambourine bouncing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm churching him. But then when things start to go south, when they're not working well, I've been in some situations where, where things wasn't working well. I, I don't mind sharing stuff with, with individuals at time. You know, things wasn't, don't, wasn't working out. Looked very scarce, looked very scary, wondering what I was going to do. You got to still praise and worship God, even in that. Because some of the hiccups that we experience is because of our own behavior. And so you still got to praise and worship God, and he will give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You, gonna, you will have to say, ouch, sometime to get it together. And humbling yourself, because you're not used to humbling yourself, and and seeking God and pouring yourself out. All this came upon King Nep because he refused to do that, to humble himself, to seek the Lord. Daniel said, break off thy sins by righteousness. The Bible tells us to sow yourself in righteousness and reap some mercy. The rest of the verses, and I'm summarizing this, but it says that in a latter year, having hearing Daniel, what he has said, still he still lifted up his heart. Twelve months later, there he was, walking through the temple kingdom and looking around and, and boasting about what has what he has. And at that moment, uh, judgment was pronounced and the kingdom was lost. It was lost as far as him ruling because he was then chased out of the kingdom. His lifestyle went from the palace to the pasture. Uh, eating grass, living in the field, grooming was gone. Couldn't have, didn't have that famous haircut or anything of that nature. And the procurement, uh, his pedicure was unheard of because his nails began to grow and his hair like feather. You know, um, let's just touch a little bit of this. There's a new boy band that, that they're promoting. And I had saw a glimpse of this a little bit and didn't realize what it was. Uh, when did it become that that guys now I know about I know about show business and people wearing costumes and different things, but I, I really see more and more of this even in just walking into Walmart and different places where guys have their hair fixed in a woman's style and they have on a, a total facial makeup. Uh, they look just as your daughter would look with makeup on. You know whether she's cute or ugly, but that—that's a matter of opinion. My opinion is that when did guys start doing that? I mean, really, it's out there uh, that guys are making up and, and putting cutting their hair into bobs and different things that I, I thought only women wore. Well, King Antonisia, whether he did that or not, his now his hair was grown out into feathers, or like feathers, it was long and you know matted up. Maybe that would became a style. I don't know. Listen here. Tootsie Rose. And so he was out. The day came when God, when he gave God the glory. And at that same time, he said, my reason returned unto me. Things seemed better. When we give God glory, and I'm not talking about just singing a song, but I'm talking about your lifestyle. Giving God glory. And, and, you know, I, I feel much better than when I started, not that I was feeling bad, but you notice the clearness of my voice, you know, since then and, and since the time that we started the uh, 
this particular exhortation. And so uh, he said, my, my, my reason return unto me and for the glory of the kingdom, my honor and brightness return unto me. His, his whole demeanor, his figure. In other words, he's in out there in the field and now he comes to himself and looks around and things are changing all about him. And my counselors and my uh, Lord sought unto me and I was establishing my, they came and they, they realized what was going on. They came and got him and they set him back up and excellent majesty was added unto him because he humbled himself unto the Lord. You want something added unto you? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Humble yourself unto the Lord. Be consistent. In humility, be consistent in blessing God, be consistent in a sanctified life, consecrated unto the Lord. God knows your desires, He knows the things that you deal with, He knows the ups and downs. Be consistent even in all of that and watch what God does. Watch what He does. Excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praised and extolled the honor of the King of heaven. All those who works are truth and his ways judgment. Those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. He's able to bring them down. If you want to be reestablished, maybe you found yourself dealing with situations and dealing with lost and different things. You want to be reestablished, you will need to reciprocate the actions of Nebuchadnezzar and give God the glory. Give God the glory. Give him the glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word this evening and ask, Lord God, that you would help us to give you glory, to give you honor, Lord God, to, to lift you up in situations, Lord God, and Lord, at those things that we may have tried to keep to ourselves and handle and guard ourselves. We pray and ask, Lord God, that you would help us to, to give you honor, to glorify you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you'll be pleased. Lord, help us to be consistent. Help us to have show tenacity in our walk with you. Lord, that you may be glorified in the presence of others. Lord God, that may glorify you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, Pomona California. I look forward to seeing your service with us soon. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Uh, remember the songs featured are respectively the property of the songstress, artist, and their producers. It's a generation that embraces uh, my song. Here I am. Here I am.